Hey there, this is Brian. I'm the host of the Engaging Missions show. If you've found this show for the first time, I did want to take a second to let you know that this show is not currently in production. You're certainly welcome to check out all of the archives, but we don't have new episodes coming out at the moment. However, I did want to take a second to highlight one of the sponsors that sponsored the show a while ago. They're not currently sponsoring the show, but if you're looking for a place to invest in the kingdom, I'd recommend checking out Mega Voice Audio Bibles. You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes, and I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. How could leaving a country because of war prepare a missionary for ministering to hurricane survivors? This is the Engaging Mission Show, episode 176 with Robert and Sandrina Yuryevich. Welcome to the Engaging Mission Show, where we are bringing missions home. Here's your host, Brian Ensminger. Thanks for stopping by and welcome to the show. Our goal is to equip, challenge, and inspire you to connect, care, give, and go. Before we get started, I do want to say thanks to Scott McClelland for being our engaging announcer. I appreciate him as a friend and also as a friend of the show. A little bit later, I'm going to share a little information about how you can connect with him and subscribe to his podcast. This week, we're going to be talking about ministering in war-torn countries, about the aftermath of hurricanes, about God's interesting calling, and also how God uses the things that happen in one season of our life to prepare us for the next season. We're going to have another story from Mongolia. We're going to continue what Brian Hogan's been sharing. And also, I'm going to share one more way that you can involve children in a missions fundraiser. I would like to welcome Jacob, who recently liked our Facebook page. I actually did an interview with him uh, a couple days ago. That'll be coming up in a few weeks, so you can keep an eye out for that. If you'd like to connect on Facebook, you can do that by visiting facebook.com slash engagingmissions, or just visit the show notes page and click through the links on the website. All right, let's get started. Today, I am really excited to have with me Robert and Sandrina Yuryevich. Show notes for the episode will be at engagingmissions.com slash Robert and Sandrina. And I want to do a little bit of introduction here. Robert grew up in Alabama, but Sandrina grew up in the Netherlands. Right now, they're in the U.S. itinerating, but they've got some really interesting stories about how God kind of ministered in their life and brought them together. So, Robert and Sandrina, welcome to the show. Thank you, Brian. We appreciate you having us on Engaging Missions with you today. Oh, I, I really appreciate that as as well. I appreciate being able to have you, I guess, is really kind of more where I'm headed. So I, I was looking at your website and the story of how God brought you together. It's really intriguing to me, and I'd really love it if we could just kind of start off by hearing how God's started moving in your life and brought you together. Well, I'll start off with my testimony. I, be, I became a believer in Jesus Christ when I was 18 years old. I grew up in Baymanette, Alabama, in South Alabama. And about three months after the Lord came into my life, the Lord gave me a distinct calling for the region of former Yugoslavia. My, my father's side of the family came from what is today Croatia, which was a part of former Yugoslavia. And so as an 18-year-old, just seeking direction in my life about three months after my salvation experience, just one day, not even in prayer, looking out the window at a beautiful blue sky, the Lord spoke very softly to me and, and put the words in my heart. He said, I'm going to send you to the land of your forefathers. And I knew immediately 
that I'll be going to to my grandfather's country where he had immigrated to America from, and that would be Croatia and then the former Yugoslavia. And it would be about four years later before the Lord spoke again and opened the door for me to go for the first time to the region. I was going to Bible school in Florida at the time, and a, a group of students, we decided to go to Europe for the summer, and which wasn't a bad choice. And we traveled through Europe, and my responsibility on the team was to coordinate our ministry activities in Yugoslavia. And so that was my first visit. But the journey to Europe that summer began first with a stop-off for two weeks in Brussels, Belgium. And on the very first day in Brussels, as they were giving us a tour of the city, trying to keep us awake so we could, you know, get in the timeline there, the very last place that we went to that day was a Bible school. And, and even before we got to the, to the college, right there in the van, while everyone else was about to pass out sleeping, <laughs> and I was wide awake, and the Lord spoke to me very strongly. And I thought everyone in the van heard the voice. It was so loud to me, was that uh, this is the place you're to be. And it was like the Lord downloaded the blueprint of the college to me, and I felt so at home as we drove on to the college campus and they took us a tour of the building, I knew already what was going to be in the next rooms. That's how clearly the Lord had given to me that that was the place to be. And obviously it wasn't the place I was to be long-term because uh, that would be Yugoslavia, but the Lord had a purpose for me of staying in Brussels at the Bible college. And that's where Sandrine and I met. Yes. So my story, I, I was a child when I got saved. And then when I was 17, when I finished high school, I started to work for my church who had some homes for the homeless. And meanwhile, I studied for my social work. And do, during the last few years, I got a um, calling to go uh, into the missions to uh, work in an orphanage in Irian Chaya, Asia. But after a year of preparation, that fell through. So I knew that I was called for missions, but I didn't know any, you know, where should I go next? So I started to pray the Lord, please give me a love for another country because I didn't just want to go to any country without having a special love. Well, then a summer, on a summer, I just went on a vacation with a friend of mine. We went to Macedonia, which was part of former Yugoslavia. Hmm. And while I was there on justification, I fell in love with the country, especially when I came back home. I was thinking, well, who knows, maybe the Apostle Paul even came to Macedonia. But what is left over from, you know, there were hardly any churches. So the Lord really started to move in my heart. And then when I finished my studies, my BA for social work, the Lord let me to the Bible college in Brussels, Belgium, had many questions about how do I ever go to Yugoslavia? Because in that time it was communistic. And so when I went there to the school, I met, that's where I met Robert, who had the same vision. Of course, we didn't only fell in love because we had the same calling, but it played and it was good. Yeah. Very important part. It was an important part. <laughs> yeah. It's difficult to be married to someone who has a calling to the other side of the world and where you're called to. So, 
Absolutely. So you, you mentioned that you were called at that time to, to Yugoslavia. Right now you're itinerating throughout the U.S., but that's not where you're ministering. Can you share a little bit about what you're doing right now? Well, former Yugoslavia, as most people know, was split up, was broken up through a civil war in the early 1990s. And Sandrine and I had gone in 1987 to the city of Sarajevo, which is the capital of Bosnia and Herzegovina, which at that time was one of the six republics that made up former Yugoslavia. And through the, through the war, uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina became its own country. And we served the Lord, did church planting in Sarajevo from 87 to 92, up to the beginning of the war. And then we were sort of like had an exodus journey for 20 some years <laughs> before going back in 2013 to begin doing church planting again in Sarajevo. And that's where we're based now. We've been there three and a half years where we have a ministry center called Raphael, which means Lord, our healer. And we also have a children's ministry center, which is called Millis Art. And Sandrina is now the director of the only pro-life center in the whole nation of Bosnia and Herzegovina, which is called the Lighthouse. Wow, that, that's great. So I'm, I'm thinking about this. And over the course of 20 years, I would imagine that a lot has changed. Can you share maybe a little bit about what some of those changes have made possible in your ministry now? Well, in the context of Sarajevo, of, of returning back to Bosnia, when we first came in 87, as Sandrina said earlier, it was communistic at the time. And socially, there were three layers to the society. You had the, the grandparents who were your religious group, and, and then you had your parents who were the communists, and then you had the young people who were kind of free and easy, all desiring to identify with, with, the, with the West. And so it's quite different now, 20-some years later after the war, because the grandparents of that day have now died off, the religious group, and now the, the parents of 20-some of years ago are now becoming the grandparents who are communists. And then you have the young people of that generation who fall through the war and live through it and survive, who are now the parents. And there's a lot of wounds in the hearts of the people. Obviously, the scars from the war are still very evident in people's lives. Over, over 250,000 people died during the war, and there's only a population of 4 million in the nation. So every family was damaged, suffered loss, a lot of bloodshed in the nation. And so that's one of the major differences that we, we found in our ministry, whereas before the war under communism, everyone was on, you know, they had one common enemy, and that was the communists. And, and so, it, but now, 20-some years later, everything is very nationalistic because we have three main groups in the nation of Bosnia and Herzegovina. You have the Serbian people of Bosnia who are Eastern Orthodox, the Croatian people who are Roman Catholic, and then you have the Bosniaks who are the Muslims of, of the nation, and the three people groups do not mix very well together. So as I'm thinking about this, you know, a journey of over 20 years, you've changed countries a couple of times, you've ministered in a variety of different places. I would imagine in that time that you've had some times where you've really had to walk in faith. Would you mind sharing with us one of those times where you kind of had to step out or continue in a faith walk until God saw you through? Well, we say many times people ask us, you know, are we uh, independent missionaries? And we say, no, we're very much dependent missionaries because we're so dependent on the Lord for His faithfulness and God's people in faithfulness and in supporting and praying for us. We're not sent out by a mission organization. And so it's all through 
relationship with churches and individuals through the years. It was quite a challenge for us because we expected to live all of our, the rest of our lives in Sarajevo. But then the war came and changed everything and we lost everything materially. And then we had to relocate our family in, in the Netherlands. And then we spent seven years in the Netherlands doing mission work also during the Bosnian War. We would do mission work in Kosovo, Macedonia, Greece, and Turkey, and uh, some other countries. And Kosovo, of course, at the time was going through war. And so after seven years in Holland, we returned to the States. And uh, we spent 13 years uh, where we served, where we served at three different churches during those years. And transition isn't always easy. And many times we would have to reduce our, our lives down to a few suitcases in order to make the next uh, transition. But always knowing that God in every season is using that season to prepare you for the next steps in your life. And as we made the decision in, in 2013 to return back to Bosnia, it was quite a step of faith. And we've seen God's faithfulness in every step of the way in providing a team of people around us to serve with us there, dealing with the locations uh, that we have, the buildings. Every month is a step of faith. We started, you know, with a zero budget each month. God just provides each month for the needs. Wow. So we're just about done with this section, but I would like to hear maybe a little bit about what God's been showing or maybe teaching you over the last few months or the last year. About living back in faith or... Or just in general. In general. Well, it's really to the... I think for myself, maybe as a woman, you know, as a lady... To really, I think that stepping out of faith, I sometimes I felt just when I had built up everything, same I had my ministry going or work going, having friends, then the Lord uprooted me. And I had to really also as a wife to follow Robert. Although we always pray together, he will never do something when I don't feel this is not from the Lord. But in I think I had the most trouble of, I really had, I think the key is to really seek the Lord for yourself. And I did that and I really sought the Lord and he confirmed it in my heart and through other, you know, through other people, but especially in my heart that I felt so assured. I got so the assurance, this is good. This is what you need to do. And then he always opened doors for me, you know, like open doors in women's ministry or things where he called we have a calling together, but then I have my, you know, my own callings too. And the Lord always com- confirmed that and brought me in contact with, you know, women or so that I got that fulfillment. And he, yeah, he always provided. So your faith grows, you know, then you can look back the Lord you provided in that time. I just know that you will do it again. And my name is you call me Sandrina, but my real name is Sarah. Oh. That's a Dutch custom. So I can really, really, I think Sarah from the Bible, I sometimes I feel like her, you mm. know. So I can really identify myself with the Sarah from the Bible. Yeah. And I think, too, that this journey of faith for us is is learning continually. Not that we've arrived, but just learning the process that faith isn't about us dreaming up something on our own and then asking God to yeah. bless it, but to be obedient to what his will is. And if that means to, to let go of everything, 
and empty our hands so that we can receive something new, then that's where our heart's desire is. Wow, that that was great. That was really action-packed. For those listening, I would recommend, if you missed something, go back and check that out, because, I mean, just all kinds of amazing stuff with that. With that, we are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to shift our focus a little bit more toward the current ministry. I'd like to take just a minute to tell you about another podcast that I think that you should check out. If you enjoy the Engaging Missions show, you definitely want to check out the Foundational Missions Leadership Moment with Scott McClelland. He's been a guest on the show, he's a friend of the show, and he's just recently finished up a series where he was on location in Thailand talking with some missionaries there about leadership. I thought it was a really, really interesting discussion. You can check that out at fxmissions.com. I think it's worth your time to at least give it a second to check it out. We're here with Robert and Sandrina. We've been talking a little bit about sort of who they are and some of their journey. We're, we're shifting our focus a little bit more toward the ministry, but as we talk about the ministry that they're in right now, we have to remember that God's led them here. And while we were talking, Sandrina shared a really interesting story about how God used her experiences to prepare her for the next experience. So Sandrina, would you mind sharing that story with us? Yeah. Yeah, first we'll say when we moved from Bosnia to the Netherlands, that was for me very difficult because I was called for missions. And here I came back in my own country, had four children. Robert started to travel and I had to be at the house. Well, the Lord brought me in contact with a ministry, a Christian ministry who counsel women and girls who have gone through traumatic experiences like incest and rape. And so I started to volunteer. And so the Lord really prepared me in that area because later we heard in Bosnia, many women and girls were raped. Well, then we moved to America. And again, you know, I had that ministry. And we came in a place, you know, again, for me, totally new and foreign. But the Lord kept speaking to my heart that desire to help women and girls and then I came in contact with a pro-life center, pregnancy resource center, pro-life center. So I started to volunteer over there, and it prepared prepared me for to that type of work. Then we moved to Baton Rouge, and again the same thing happened. Well, I got the church where we were where Robert was working. They started a center for women. We called it Center of Hope and also Pregnancy Resource Center. So I started to work there. I was just working one year and Hurricane Katrina, and then later Hurricane Gustav hit Louisiana. So our church, we had homeless shelter, we gave clothes, we gave uh, food, and I was the person who had, who had to counsel. You know, every person who came for help, we prayed with them, talked with them, and so... In doing that, I could share with the people, listen, I could identify myself very much with them because we lost everything through the war in Bosnia. Even we didn't stay there, we lost everything and we heard many stories. So I really, my heart was really into it. I prayed and counseled many, many people. And so the Lord prepared me again for what what we are doing in Bosnia now. And I would like to just say, you know, when we when we left Baton Rouge in 2010, we went to North Carolina to serve at a church, and we were there for three years. And we have been gone 
although we have visited through the years a few times in Bosnia, and we have practically been gone for, for 20-some years. And when in making the decision to go back to Bosnia, uh, it was quite a challenge for us to, you know, because we had settled into the American style of life and ministry in a very comfortable and beautiful area of the country. But it was a difficult decision-making, although we had always said that when our children were grown and gone, then we would make the decision to go back to Bosnia. And then the day came to make the decision. And the Lord spoke to my heart and said, well, you know, you can stay where you are. You can go someplace else. But if you want to go back to Bosnia, uh, either do it now or you'll never be going. And so I made the decision that now then was the time to go back to Bosnia. And Sandrina had her own ministry going on also. And the Lord really needed to give a confirmation for her that the, the time was right for Bosnia. And maybe you can share how the Lord spoke to you that day and about the pro-life ministry. Yes, so I really had a struggle with it, you know, to give her, because I liked the area very, very much in North Carolina. Everything went well. So I really had to pray a lot, and the Lord kept on confirming it in my heart. And then I was one day, I was just sitting at the swimming pool from the from the, from a health center, reading a book, Walk on the Water. I forgot the writer, Walking on the Water, come out of the boat, I think. And then he spoke very softly to my heart that I would eat, I forgot start or be involved with a center of hope for women and in Sarajevo. Mm. That was on a Friday. And then Saturday night I went to church and I know a lady who is a nurse at a pregnancy center. She came to me when she saw me and she started to cry. She said, Sandrina, yesterday afternoon, out of the blue, I started to, I felt an overwhelming compassion for you to pray for you. And I call out, Sandrina, crying, Sandrina, Sandrina, Sandrina. But she didn't know what it was. And that was exactly the time when the Lord spoke to me that I would be involved or starting a center for women. And little did I know when we moved to Sarajevo that there was a center for women, for a pregnancy center, and little did I know that three years later I would become the director of this pro-life ministry in Sarajevo. So it's just like, yeah. Wow. So, so many questions going through my mind right now. And I guess, you know, the one thing that I guess, first off, Robert, I'm so glad that you suggested that Sandrina join us because, you know, as you were sharing, Sandrina, about the the reality of dealing with some of the things that happen in war, I think sometimes because we see things on the news, it can be so easy to forget the reality of what's happening. And so hearing that, I think that's a, a good reminder. At the same time, I'm wondering, how can we care and yet not become overwhelmed by the reality of what's going on? I, I mean, sometimes I'm overwhelmed, you know, and then the Lord just show me that I cannot carry all the problems of the world on my shoulder. It's he. So you just have to give it to him because it, it's not me who's bringing healing or, you know, it's the Lord who's bringing the healing and we have to be the conduit. Yes, that. and that there is hope. We are the hope givers, the, and we bring hope. And 
is to keep our focus on the Lord and who he is, because indeed sometimes the stories are overwhelming. And sometimes what is more overwhelming is that people are not always open or that the corruption, you know, just go on and on and on. And that's, you know, yeah, it's hard. Well, we mentioned earlier that, that and Sandrina mentioned earlier how in the Bosnian War so many women were, were raped and there's so much abuse and so much death in the nation. And at 20 years later, they're still arresting war criminals, people for war crimes from that war. And because it was a civil war, it was neighbor against neighbor. Mm-hmm. And and so the city, the people of Bosnia, they, they're reliving daily. Uh, every time there's a, there's a report of a new arrest, they're having to, to relive the emotions, relive the, the memories from the war. And, and we have people in our church, ladies who survived the war, you know, who, who carried the scars. And, and so everything in Bosnian life is related to the point of the war. And if you meet someone new, you want to meet, find out as quickly as possible, what did you do during the war? You know, what happened to you then? Because you don't know who, when you're sitting in a cafe, it might be the person across the cafe there who shot your brother and you don't know. People don't know. who, And, and so they're, there, there's a bit of a fear and distrust in the nation, but you know there's such a great need to to bring healing because the Bosnian people are such a passionate people. There's a passion with a lot of scars, and it's only the Lord Jesus who can remove the scars. So, if you could, if you could speak to believers here in the U.S. or in North America, and you could ask them to pray for one one thing for the healing in Bosnia, what would you ask them to pray for? I would say that the, the main thing to pray for is, is the heart condition of the, of the Bosnian. There's a lot of facade when it comes to nationalism, one group against the other group. But in, deeply in the heart of the Bosnians is, is the longing for, for true peace in their lives. And they respond to compassion a great deal. We have a children's center, and then we do a daily children's program. And we've had so many of the parents who, who just they are touched by the love and the compassion that they feel in the building because they don't find it anyplace else. And so just praying that, that the hardness of the hearts, because there's a shell that's built around the hearts, that that would be cracked open. And, and that shell has been built because of the, the hatred of one group towards the other and the family scars from the war. You have young people who are growing up in homes where their parents were teenagers during the war who, who maybe lost their, their parents, who maybe had to fight as teenagers. They didn't have their youth to enjoy. And, 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 and now there's, there's just this, this tension within the Bosnian heart. And so I would ask, you know, that people will pray for, for healing of the hearts, that these wounds that have created this harsh shell around the hearts will be cracked open, and that God will give us the ways to do that. Wow, that, that's good. So we've talked a little bit about, well, actually quite a bit about some of the stuff that's been going on with war, a little bit about ministering to women. We know that you have a church, but you also have the Noah's Ark Children's Ministry. Can you share with us a little bit about what you're doing, or, or really, rather, what you're seeing God do through that? Well, before the war, our church was called Raphael, and it was the first Protestant church to be established in Sarajevo since the 1930s. So uh, the first church in Sarajevo under communism we were able to register the church in 1990. And so it became sort of the first modern-day church in Sarajevo. And a lot of our the believers in our church, many of them became refugees and now live in other nations. 
There are a few that, that stayed in Sarajevo and survived the war. We had a few who, who died during the war. And then after the war, the believers from our fellowship became the backbone of the modern-day church movements. Many of them became leaders in Bosnia and were pastoring and uh, having ministries. And when we came back, we reestablished Raphael. And as I said earlier, it means God our healer. And in Hebrew, in the Old Testament, is one of the names of God, Jehovah Rapha. And, and so our heart's desire is that our fellowship will bring healing to the Bosnian hearts. And we started, we actually started when we came three years ago, three and a half years ago, we actually started at the Pro-Life Center. There was a small meeting room for about 30 people, and we met there for about a year. And then another ministry was moving their offices. They had a two-room office in one particular area of Sarajevo where we were moving to and wanted to have our ministry and and when when that mission organization moved out, we took over their office space, and that gave us an extra room so that we could have children's work. And we were there for about a year. And then uh, last September in 2015, we began to lease like a storefront on that street, and and that's where our church Raphael is. And the adjacent unit storefront, which is twice as big as the first one. We, we began to lease, and we began renovating both buildings, and the second building became our children's center. And so we've gone through many months of renovation. As funds have come in, we've renovated. And now today we have a daily program, Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m., just a, a free program for children in the neighborhood to come in. And we call it Noah's Art because it's illegal to evangelize under anyone under 18 years of age in Bosnia. So we're very restricted in that unless we have the parents' consent. And most, Sarajevo was 95% Muslim. And so, so as we started the Children's Center, we chose Noah's Ark because everyone, if they're Muslim, Jewish, if they're Eastern Orthodox or Roman Catholic, they all know the story of Noah and, and believe in it. So it, plus just by the very name, it would let parents know that there's going to be a religious tent to the program. And so we're able to teach, you know, that God is the creator and uh, created the animals, created us. And so we try to teach the life principles, especially from the animal kingdom. Why, why did God create the lion? And why did he create the giraffe, for example? And so we try to teach the children, you know, that God is the creator. There's a design and there's a purpose for, for every one of us. And so the ministry now is where we have three focus points. is our church planting through Raphael, and then we have the Children's Center, Noah's Ark, and the Pro-Life Center. Wow, there is so much more that I want to continue talking about, but we're going to run out of time before we get there. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to shift our focus one last time more toward our listeners. Here's a taste of what's coming up on the Engaging Mission Show. And a couple from that mission visited us every week, Wednesday nights, to disciple us, and we started going Sunday mornings to the gathering at the uh, gymnasium and fell in love with the Lord, both of us together. And it was a, a new life. Neither of us came from Christian homes. So there was a lot of healing going on in, in, in a correction in the way we viewed life and viewed marriage. And, and it, it definitely changed me inside out and it changed my wife as well. And so from that point on, we served in all the different ministries of, a, of, of that new church plant in uh, discipleship for adults, uh, my wife with the ladies, 
and any, anything that was needed in the church plant, we would essentially help the, the pastor who was a, a missionary that had come from Mexico City with his wife, Amy, who was, who was American, to help them with that church plant. A few years, a few years later, I was offered a, a relocation package. If you enjoyed that, you won't want to miss a single episode of the Engaging Mission Show. Subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher to have it delivered automatically. Visit engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. That's engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. All right, we're here with Robert and Sandrina Jurovich. We've been talking about some of the amazing things that God's done over the years and some of the things that they're doing in their ministry. Now we're shifting our focus more toward you as our listeners. We're going to draw on their experiences and some of the things that they know. So Robert and Sandrina, what would you share with somebody who's maybe starting to feel stuck or they're starting to wonder if what they do in business or ministry is really, does it even matter in the kingdom? Well, we believe that everything matters in the kingdom that concerns your life, be that family life, be that your work life, your church life, your community life. And if someone's feeling stuck spiritually and just not knowing if anything matters or what they're doing, I think the greatest advice we would give is for them to find some means of volunteering in some way, be it volunteering at their church, volunteering in the community, just find some way of serving others. And we have a little testimony about that from a lady in our church. Maybe you could share that about slide, Anna. Yeah, volunteering in Bosnia is not really popular. They don't do that. They pre- they only, you know, work for money if they can. And so we have this lady who um, is has a music degree and she teaches uh, special needs children. And she only does do that, like, say, four hours a week. And for an organization, and sometimes you get paid, sometimes not. And I was counseling her for some other things in her life. And so she started to say, well, you know, like, well, they're not going to pay me. Maybe I should stop, you know, and she felt stuck, you know, really thinking, it, you know, she didn't make any difference. So I encouraged her. I said, well, why don't you just keep on, even if you do not get paid, Keep on volunteering. You know, it's what you like, and you never know what comes out of it. At least you will have a good experience. You can put it on your resume, but you also don't know who with who you come in contact. I said, give do your very best, you know. And so she said, okay. Well, she did it. She really kept on doing it. And giving her very best. And she said, oh, Sandrina, I have a great testimony. Out of that, she got in contact with... Well, the, the, uh, one of the govern- government agencies in Bosnia recognized her as an artist. And they had funds to help her to establish her own organization. And so they gave her a big grant. It's just an amazing testimony that in Bosnia, which is you know economically not, not the very strongest country <laughs> to be in, but because because of her the area that she specializes in and because of her volunteering that she was recognized and they gave her a grant that she could set up her own organization and be totally free to to serve special needs children in the way that she wants to but that all came out cuz she kept you know kept serving even though she didn't feel like it and so we would encourage people you know do what you're most passionate about and 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 if it means just volunteering or doing it when no one else recognizes it, just take the step of faith and obedience to the Lord and say, Lord, this is what you put 
put passion to my life for. And this is how I can help and serve others and just do it. And, and it will always open up a door for the next season in your life. Wow, that, that's really powerful. Is there a book or maybe a resource that you'd recommend for our listeners? Well, Sandrina is a bigger reader of books than I am. And just more what time I do have for reading, I, I, I just spin in the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And I think after 40 years in the faith, I still find that the, the Word of God is just rich with treasure as far as each day. You know, I do find that in the generation that we live in, that we become so busy that we forget that it's the Word of God that is truly the bread of life and, and our strength on a daily and in our daily walk with the Lord. I would encourage people to read the Word of God. Get, get your Bible and, and read it and really consume it into your life. And ask God as you're reading it, Lord, what do I need as a key to open up a door in my life? Give me scripture that I can stand on. Uh, give me that rain of word. Give me that, that word that is going to open up revelation for me that a person can stand on. There's no better reading than, than the Word of God. So if, if somebody's listening and they're starting to connect with what you're doing, maybe that's kind of aligned with where their heart is for ministry or something like that, what are maybe one or two ways that somebody could best partner with you? you know, there are two major essentials in missions or ministry in general, and actually for any activity in life. That's people and that's finances. And, you know, well, yes, of course, prayer. And that's what I want to say is that not everyone can go to the mission field. I believe that that the Great Commission is for each believer. And God calls us to reach our own neighborhood, our own city, our own community, our own nation, but also to reach out into the other nations in some way. And as missionaries to Bosnia and Herzegovina, you know, we're representatives of people who want to partner for that nation, for revival. There's, there's close to 4 million people, but there's only 400 believers in the whole nation. And so it's one of the unreached nations of Europe. And, you know, so prayer is essential, obviously, to pray for those who are serving in that field, but also the finances that are needed, you know, for the ministry to be established uh, in that nation. People can contact us by email. They can contact me through robertyurovich at gmail.com. They can go to our website, uh, healingthenations.nl. The NL stands for the Netherlands. And uh, so healingthenations.nl. Uh, they can contact us through Facebook. And we would love to, to be in contact with anyone who wants to, to be an intercessor and be a, be a financial supporter and partner with us in the work in ministry in Bosnia. Absolutely. And we will totally have all of that stuff linked up in the show notes so that if you're wanting to stop by and connect with them, I, I would imagine that there's also a good way for people to understand what they, how they can best pray for you if they connect with you in those ways. All of that will be linked up in the show notes at engagingmissions.com slash Robert and Sandrina. Now, I have one last question for you. If you could challenge us to do one thing in the next seven days, what would that be and why? Well, Sandrina does want to go first on this. No. So, <laughs> but I guess the greatest challenge would be to adopt a nation for 2017. Uh, maybe some of your listeners uh, are, are very active in missions and they have nations on their heart and that they're involved in. But I would say to someone maybe who's listening, who's a new listener, and, and uh, who's just beginning to explore the world of, of, of missions to to take the challenge of saying, Lord, give me one nation for this year that I can invest time and prayer into, that I can connect with missionaries or churches in that nation, and maybe even go on a mission, short-term mission trip the coming year. And, you know, success requires preparation. 
And, and so the more preparation time that you take, the more fruit that you're going to have. And so right now during this Christmas season, you know, I would challenge people to say during this week, make it a point of prayer to pray for a nation and say, God, this is going to become my nation to pray for missions for the coming year. If that's Bosnia and Herzegovina, wonderful. If there's another nation, there's, there's a couple hundred other nations, just see God and God will reveal to you and give you a nation that, that you can call your own. Just do it. <laughs> there for certain sure people listening who have been really felt the calling to go, maybe a short-term mission or long-term, but at least short-term, I think, yeah, pray about about that. You know, can you go on a short-term mission? And if you have doubt about finances or whatever you try to reason with, you know, trust in the Lord, you know, and, and do it. Take out a step, step out of your boat, mm-hmm. you know. Step out of your boat and do it. That that's really good for those of you who are listening. If if God does give you a nation to pray for, I'd love it if you'd leave a comment in the show notes or send a tweet or something like that, so that we can kind of connect around how God's moving us as we as we put this into action. Robert and Sandrina, I just want to say one more time, thank you so much. I can't tell you how much I appreciate being able to connect with you and to be able to hear what God's been doing in your life. Thank you, Brian, for having us today. It's been a joy. And now for some stories from Mongolia. The last time we checked in with Brian Hogan, we met Boggy and Nara for the first time, and we discovered that their first assignment was to go out to Darhan. This week, we're going to catch up with them as they enter Brian's sleeper car and start sharing some of those results. The last time I had seen them, I'd been on my way to Erdenet. They had shown up at midnight in my sleeper compartment while the train was parked at the Darhan station. They reported they had been working in Darhan for just a year and had already planted a congregation of 110 and three daughter churches. With all the excitement, I was a long time getting back to sleep after they'd left my sleeper compartment. When we come back next week, we're going to find a little bit more information and we're going to get a letter that Brian's going to share some of that information as we begin to catch up with where Boggy and Nara are now. I'd like to say thanks one more time to Brian Hogan for making his book available. It was narrated by the author at Voice of the Martyrs Studios, and Jeff Butterworth at Sound Paradigm Studios actually helped with the mixing and mastering at the end. If you have a book that you'd like to turn into an audiobook, I'd recommend that you reach out to Jeff Butterworth at soundparadigmstudio.co or shoot me an email at feedback at engagingmissions.com to start that conversation. I would absolutely love to see more books available in audio format for those who either prefer to listen rather than read, or those who are unable to read without listening. And if you'd like to get a free copy of Brian's book, visit engagingmissions.com slash free book, give Audible's service a try for a free month, and download this as your free book. That again is engagingmissions.com slash free book. Let's talk about one way that you can help build up uh, a heart for missions and missionaries and God's mission on the earth in children. This week, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Get a missionary newsletter, maybe one that you subscribe to, preferably a missionary that you support and care for, and maybe a missionary that you know, and read it together as a family. Take just a minute, maybe at the dinner table, to read through their their newsletter and to talk through it. 
share stories and experiences, talk about what it might be like, and then also maybe brainstorm some ideas that you can continue to support them and pray for them and do all of those things along with your kids or along with the kids that you're perhaps with. This would also work with a Sunday school class, so I don't want to just limit it to a family. And that's just one of the ways that you could consider helping to increase knowledge of missions and God's mission on the earth with with children. Now, I do want to mention that we are trying to raise some funds for a missions organization for Global Initiative. They provide training materials for the global church to engage Muslims, to win them for Christ, and to show God's love for them. If you're interested in joining us in this fundraiser, visit engagingmissions.com slash fund16 for more information about that. Thanks to Robert and Sandrina Yurievich for being with us. Scott McClelland, our engaging announcer, Brian Hogan for making his book available, and to you for joining us. Show notes, as always, are available at engagingmissions.com. In this case, engagingmissions.com, Robert and Sandrina Yurievich. The last name is spelled J-U-R-J-E-V-I-C-H. You'll want to check those out. It's a great place to connect with our guest and to take action on what you've heard. Make sure you come back next week. We'll be hearing from Andy Navarrete about the journey from a marriage on the rocks to sharing the gospel as a family. If you want to make sure you don't miss that episode or any episode, the best way to do that is to subscribe using your favorite podcast platform at engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. And if you enjoyed this or know someone who would benefit from it, please help us spread the word. Your recommendation can help people connect with the resources they need to be equipped, inspired, challenged, and activated. Thanks for listening to the Engaging Mission Show. You can find more great content like this along with show notes by visiting engagingmissions.com or by subscribing to the show in iTunes or Stitcher. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back next week.